Welcome to Sober in the States Basketball. We got a legend, a myth, the grand messer of Web3 fantasy sports. Not only that, the first person to run the treble, all right? This is the Sober in the States treble right here. Bob, Orangefly, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, hey man. Going great, dude. Got me back into basketball, Jorge. Listened to you talking Ooh. the other day. Swingman, great podcast. And uh, you guys got me back in. I pumped about it man pumped about it <laughs> happy to see my bucks play see if you know damian lillard and Giannis can work things out you know i was nervous at the trade but uh, i'm sure we can talk about that because i'm a big drew holiday lover Perimeter okay defense, Jorge, like that's where you live and breathe in the nba man but yeah it's great to be on dude uh from football soccer baseball now basketball let's do this man yeah we're here look look we only bring on the experts here okay we bring on the high flying Something, something can't rhyming because my brain's what, whatever. Anyway, we have a lot of things to talk about. There's the in season tournament, which is a whole new competition for so rare. The Wemby auction just happened a few hours ago before we hopped on to record. So many things happening, but let's let's get right into it. This Wemby auction, okay? I, I really want to talk about this. And look, I'm a small fish in a large ocean, okay? I can't hang out with these whales sometimes, so. You know, sometimes we got to hang out with people that are, that can afford uh, $110,000, 61.18 ETH, Y-N-W-A. Bob, was this going to go to anyone else? I mean, Mark's a legend. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, this is where this was going. We knew this when he bought the Rare at the start, but it was really great watching the live stream with Laird and Mike and Keith. Oh, was hilarious. Just- watch it was it was funny because when ynwa popped in like you just you knew it was bound to happen you're just waiting for it and it's where it should be man like it's where it should be and i love it when stuff like this happens because it speaks very highly of the actual system itself man i mean like we are pumped we are psyched about the nba we are psyched about wemby if you've watched wemby which honestly if you're listening to this podcast you probably watch basketball and you've seen him play dude is a freakishly long alien and it is insane. Like I would die if he like put his arms around me. It's like six times the length of my body. I'm not a big guy. And it's just fun to watch, man. And it just, it doesn't make any sense because I'm a short, compact person. And when <laughs> run, like three steps for me are like a half a step for him. And it's nuts. And that might be even like less, like it's nuts watching him play ball, him, Chet Holmgren. It's just this, this auction went where it should, man. And I'll tell you what, when you play at that level, it is a whole different game, Jorge. Like, oh, I can imagine. Different game. And it's part about, part of it is, you know, market control, you know, controlling of the assets that come through. So, I mean, right. him buying this means that next year he's probably going to buy that one as well. You know, we saw it on the baseball side. Like, this is, tends to be what happened okay. because there. there's only one or two of these guys that come through. And you really see a lot of people price protecting. Mm-hmm. the higher up you get because there's only one you know and right quite honestly if you have the Jokic or Giannis or Doncic unique you don't want anybody else to have it because that gives you the advantage and you don't want to share that with anyone 
So there's a really unique dynamic from where you and I play in the NBA streets. You know, it's not like I'm going out and I'm buying Desmond Bain and rare and no one else can buy him. Like who cares? Everyone has Desmond Bain. Right. But man, it's just different up there. And even now with the reduced scarcities and super rare, it's tough Jorge. it is tough to get your foot in the door for good players. And it's like to, and like, I know you're like, oh, wow, you know, 110,000, you know, 61 ETH, like whatever. But it's watching those auctions, it got to the point where like, and I can't play there anyway, even if I wanted to, <clears throat> you're not going to catch me up there. I'd have to sell it all, literally all, like even the clothes I'm wearing right now, just even remotely even think about importing it. Once that bid hit 100,000, which was incredible, incredible for the platform, incredible for everything. Yep. Like I had that like sinking feeling in my stomach, like just i it was like it was like hurt i was like Ugh. like it just a hundred and ten thousand for a digital trading card which realistically in hindsight 10 years from now we're probably gonna look at that and like wow what a deal but just i can't even imagine playing up there and i know you kind of dabble a little bit out there you're in the super rare street so you know a little bit about it too but this isn't even the most expensive one. This is the second highest unique because Giannis last year went for 113 ETH and 187. Almost double. It's almost 200,000. That is. Yeah. I mean, it speaks to the belief in the platform. Like NBA is a worldwide game. It's completely different than, than baseball. Baseball is an American right. sport, right? Mm-hmm. NBA is a worldwide game. Like there are so many international players in here. So it makes sense. You know, these great players don't come from the United States. They are watched everywhere and when you say like one hundred and ten thousand dollars, i'm thinking to myself geez if i could make that much money in a year i'd be happy you know like no like i can't like i have to sell my house if i want to buy that and so like there are even then different worlds of like whale level and the whales that can get this stuff like they are the supreme super like killer whales like giant Mm -hmm. whales then you have like the little sperm whales like me and they just kind of like float around and do stuff and like i sold out most of my stuff so i'm not even in that i just play rare at this point and some super rares and it's fun but man it is uh really really cool dude like i don't know what else to say other than you know if i try to calculate how much time and how many weeks and how many years I would need to work to afford that after taxes? <laughs> my brain is not that smart. Like I just can't right. after taxes? Oh, that's a whole nother wrinkle in everything. Oh, dude, no, 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 no. Yeah, years. Like I might be 70 before I can afford that car. And it is awesome to see it happen. I mean, like I said, we had a feeling it would probably go to where it went. Like huge congratulations to Mark. Well deserved. You know, it's exciting to see what happens. And I mean, he uses these cards well. He's that's winning true. with yeah. those cards now. You know, I mean, I think he won a Benedict Mathurin unique last week or the week before. Like, his team is great. He's doing a really good job with it. And I can't say much more beyond that. And it's just fun to watch, man, because quite honestly, Jorge, I'm not winning limited or rare. Are you kidding me? I'm going to have fun, but I'm not It's winning. hard out here. They reduce rewards. It's hard. Dude, yeah, reduction of rewards. I mean, we knew that was happening, right? Like, yeah, but we'll it's get to that. still, it's, and, and Laird actually made a good point about this the other day on his show. We are no longer in a place where we think, like, oh, yeah, this is an investment. It's going to go up. It's going to double over the course of the next year. This is we are buying these cards because we're having fun with it. Like this reinvigorates the love of the sport for me. Like if you ever told me again that I'd be watching the Spurs, you know, <laughs> play late at night against the Los Angeles Lakers, I would have laughed. Having fun? Yeah. 
like, yeah, just like talking and like trying to like get my wife to enjoy Wemby in his freakish nature. Like, oh, we do that. You know, you're like, watch this. Like, he's like, is it that tall guy again? Like, yeah, yep. it's exactly what happens. And, and every now and then, like I, I screw her up. And like, instead of like showing her the Wemby highlights, I put like TikTok on. It's like baby goats just like jumping around. And I put that in front of her face. And then that gets a good laugh, you know, because baby goats are freaking adorable, Jorge. I oh, know trust me. You get I... down a, a TikTok hole. Oh man, baby goats. Absolutely fantastic. And the goats that freak out when you, when you scare them and they just go, and they fall over. It's fantastic. Yeah. Ah. The only reason I'm allowed to play so rare is that so when I get rich off so rare, I can buy her a bunch of baby goats. That's oh, yeah. basically that's basically the deal, is essentially Dude. how this all works. Yep. I've got a fence in my yard and got my dog, and she owns the whole thing now. But as soon as baby goats get introduced, oh man, it's on. Oh, in pajamas? Come on. Come on. It doesn't get any better than that. That is <laughs> that is that is peak. That is I would just peak have... I'd have to dress my puppy up as like little Chucky dolls, like well, a face and like running around with a knife to try to chase the baby goats as they're bouncing everywhere. But yeah, I don't know how we got to talk about baby goats, ah. but it's fantastic for the NBA. Look, so. there's no rules here. All right. We got, we got, we got aliens. We got goats. We got, Hey, this is what we, we do. Man. This is what we do. And I can't wait to see, you know, what happens when Wemby is used in the in-season tournament. The in-season tournament looks fun, man. All right. Like, listen, if you it's... like football, you got to be excited about this. I know like yeah. basketball fans are a little iffy, but we're like, oh, let's go FA Cup, Champions League, Open Cup. Like we're used to this. We love this. And hey, look, the thing is, and people and basketball fans have to understand when your team is shit and good teams don't really want to prioritize, especially early, because what happens, it's not that they don't want to win. Right. But in the beginning, they're like, whatever, they don't take it seriously, and they get knocked out sometimes. It happens. But they have big, they have bigger, you know, trophies in their mind where this is their chance for your small little contending team. Look at the Pistons, look at the Magic. Gotta drop the Magic, you know what I'm saying? Hungry, young teams. Right now, they're like, this is it. This is our chance to like win something that we normally wouldn't win. We might not be there, you know, we might still be one or two years off of a competitive like NBA finals run. So it's like, hey. This is a perfect opportunity for them right now to like really make something special happen in the middle of the season. So yeah, you know what this reminds me of? A few years back during COVID, when they had the bubble, mm-hmm. and they had like a whole play-in tournament in Orlando, and the Phoenix Suns went in there and they were not good that year, but they went like seven and zero in the bubble tournaments. They almost made the playoffs. They got knocked out mm-hmm. on the last day because Memphis won or something like that. But it's it's something like that, like very low bad teams. Like this is all they have to play for. And it's mm-hmm. a really cool thing that comes in because if you look at my gallery, I've got Pistons, I've got Hornets, <laughs> you know, I've got Pacers. <laughs> These teams are not the best teams in basketball. Right. So, you know, I don't have Jokic and Giannis and those guys, although I'm a big yeah. Bucks fan. But, you know, it's that's just the way the thing goes, man. And I like the actual added utility. You know, the money thing come out, you know, you stick to it. It's cool. You know, does it favor bigger galleries? Of course it does. Any new addition to any game will favor a bigger gallery. Like, there's no way around that. Like you don't build. It's very tough to build a game mode for a small gallery that a larger gallery can't take advantage of unless you stop them from playing in it, you know? Right. Which they so, kind of did in football. Exactly. They, they did in football because I'm not going to lie to you. I won amateur. <laughs> I won amateur <laughs> MLS, dude. Dang it, Bob. I this should what we're talking playing. about. Okay, I should not be playing amateur MLS. I'm winning in super rare and unique. Like I shouldn't be playing amateur and winning it, but I did. You know, <laughs> if, there, if there's a lineup, it will be set. All right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's what we do. You know, and it's it's just a part of it, man. You know, I almost won the semi-pro. You know, 
premiership one. Like I love that. this stuff happens. And it goes to say, like, if you have knowledge and you understand how the game works, like you can do these things, you know, who you're looking for, you know, who you're drafting. And I was talking to my buddy, it's Gusto, who is a big football player. Great guy. And he was like, listen, I don't, want you to play in those tournaments because I want to get my girlfriend into this and you destroying her doesn't help at all. I'm like, right. no, I guess that's true. <laughs> you know, and it's, that's the way it is. And I like how they kind of gated that at this point, you know, do I want to play those? Of course I do because it's fun. It's nice getting the notifications on the SoRare data app and on the SoRare app that your guy scored a goal, but that's probably not too fair, you know? So I play in my own range and, you know, when you start gating other things, pieces open up, you know, it's just a matter of how do you execute it? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I like the fact that the in-season tournament gives us the community, the opportunity to win money. You know, we don't have a threshold because thresholds in a game without capped scoring, you can't really do much about it. Right. It's, it's very difficult to say, okay, well, 250 is a threshold. I'm like, well, 250 wins you rewards and we don't have a lot of rewards. You know, 250 can podium you in basketball, honestly. Exactly. So like, so what do we make it? 200? Like, well, everyone kind of gets 200. You know, it's, so it's just, yeah. it's that really tough mix because it's open-ended scoring, you know? It's you also a like a losing game. Like the threshold, yeah. like, I know there's a, is well, it sustainable? Is it not? Like, we don't know the numbers, but you can only give out so much money in a market, in a bear market where we know there's not a lot going in. So right. There has to be like in a in a bull market. Oh hell yeah! Like raise raise the thresholds, thresholds for everybody. But right now, where we're at, it's not, it's not likely. Well, you know, and it's interesting because there were tweets out today that said Silver is about to go bankrupt. You know, by some people, and uh, Nicola responded like, "Well, you don't have the information right, so enjoy really? that." Yeah, really, but he actually responded. He's like, "Well, love that. Your data is wrong. Period." Oh, it's <laughs> like okay, boom. You know. And everyone's like, well, what is the data? I'm like, well, it's a company. Like, we don't just like freely give our data out. Like, this is not how the real world works, guys. But it's but blockchain. Course, yeah. Transparency. But, but, you know, it's just like, where do we get the, where do we get the money? And like, you take, we can only take the information that we have. Mm-hmm. And it's akin to, you know, if you're a true crime junkie and you're watching like those murder trials, like you just hear a whole bunch of random stuff. You're like, well, he can't possibly be guilty. And then like the trial actually gets here and they're like, oh yeah, by the way, there was blood all over his face and everywhere else. And we just didn't talk about it. You're like, oh yeah, well, probably not good, you know? So you can't give all the information. That's just not how the real world works. And we have to be realistic about that. And a big thing that a lot of the guys say is trust the team. And with the NBA, with football, I trust the team because they're actually taking things that have been used and experiences that went really poorly in baseball, which a lot of them went poorly, but they're actually applying them and making them better on the NBA side. So, you know, this NBA tournament, like I'm excited. My team's not going to be good, but I'm still going to play. You know, my best player is Halliburton. I love Halliburton. I love a point guard that can pass the ball. I love the mellow ball. Love those guys. Like, are they going to beat Jokic and Giannis? Nope. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> if they play. But I'm hoping that people get bored and they're like, oh, I didn't do well enough. And they just stop entering. <laughs> like, that's my hope. You know, and I can just keep plugging away as we go. My, my thing is that like, not even that I hope like people don't play it. I just think they won't. Cause I, I see it. Cause like, I mean, not, not to like strive too far off of basketball, but the 270 month long competition that's going on in football. A lot of people were like very anti it. They were like, oh, I don't want to play it. We're going to avoid it. We're going to avoid it. We're going to put in like, you know, our throwaways, whatever. I'm like, great. 
I've been focusing on 270 this whole entire time, and I'm in for a tier two. For someone who like doesn't win all the time, who like yeah. I'm in for a tier two, like thank you everybody who decided not to play and just made it easier for me. Was yep. it likely? I don't know. I didn't know what was gonna happen, but for one, it's a new competition that's not playing the same competitions over and over again. So why the hell not? Like, is it likely that I'll win? No, but it's something new, it's something fun, it's something that I'm gonna try out, yeah. and I'm gonna do it. And, and that's what I'm here too. It's it's more place to put my cards. Like, what's the worst case? Like, I have a goaltender goaltender man it's like i'm watching hockey sean does this all the time psu uh <laughs> goalkeeper. yeah I, I say goaltender because i like hockey but you know it's like you have a goalie that uh isn't gonna play i'm like well i'm still gonna put him in there anyway and just fit the cap 270 and whatever happens happens you know and that's yeah. just what i've been doing the whole time it's not my priority but you know are can you and i win those competitions no you never know no, 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 we can't, but we can still do well enough to get something from it. And when I say no, I mean that, you know, as Laird makes very clear all the time, guys like PSU and YNWA and Bellama and Nonzo, like their throwaway cards are like the best cards in our gallery. And that's fine. That's just part of the game. So we play with what we have. And if we get a reward, we're excited about it. Like, I don't ever expect to win anything, man. Like the only thing that's I win in football like the only thing I'm really striving to win in football is the hit the threshold. That's it. Yeah. Like if I if I win a card in a competition, I'm super excited. If I don't, no big deal. Just move it's, on with my life and it's I the take hope that kills and dump it back into Chet Holmgren or somebody like that. You know. My only thing is that I will say like yeah, like PSU and YNWA, like yeah, their throwaways are still better than my cards. But when they get to that point, they don't care. They're just chucking them. So the the odds that like they miss and they don't hit one of them, and I do, who actually like tried and put thought into it, is yep. still there. So they're still a little bit. Yeah, no, I hear you, man. I hear you. It's just it's so it's just different ways to play the game. It's all know? mind games. It's all it's like all said, game theory. If you're, I, I like games to play against the game like competitions right. against the game that's why i like the cap like i am anti-meta okay, and am, you know, that's why i kind of like this in-season tournament like we're kind of like we're playing against everybody else but it feels more like i'm playing against the game than anything else i'm putting the cards in there and i'm hoping to see what happens and like you said i can put the guys that i really like in the right spots and it'll give me a chance mm-hmm. you know it'll give me a chance and it raises the question you know so let's say you have a rare gallery which i do right is it worth it to buy a Luca or to buy a Jokic limited and put in there because they can hit 80, you know, and it doesn't matter that I have a 15% bump on my Halliburton. If Halliburton's only scoring 60 and only like that's above average, it's still not getting up to 80. You know, right. I would need a 25% bump to get up to 80. So what point like do you buy a stud in limited? And hamstring them into one of these tournaments, and I don't I, know. You know, I think you do to be honest. Because even going back on that, either people avoiding them or people fading, is that right now it's the beginning of the season. People are excited, right? They want to win. They're not winning anything in this for weeks. So are they going to put their Jokic in the in-season tournament, or are they going to continue to play him in champion? And almost like you got to fade the fade, right? You got to yeah. fade the people that are fading the tournament to fade champion to then fade them to go back and then win the dang tournament, win the whole thing. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, I think like 140 cap, dude. Like, that that's cool, too. So many doors. We've been asking for a bigger cap. Like, this actually gives usage to the players that I have. Oh, I love that. Yep. Like, my, because I have, like, you, you see my gallery. It's like all like 30 to like 45 
cap players and you can't really use them in a lot of spots, right? right? Like you can't hamstring them in. And so I love being able to build up a team like that, toss in a Doncic. He can't be the MVP, but who cares? So what? It's 50 points that are gone. Like, oh no, I have to play Cam Thomas. Well, that sucks. He scores 40 from time to time because he starts now and he just scores. Right. You know, like those are the kind of things that you try to figure out. And I think it's fun, man. I think it's a good little mix of what we have here. I'm a big proponent of it. I'm willing to give it a try. I'm going to put the best teams I possibly can in there because honestly, with the reduced rewards that we see in champ already and across the board, I asked myself, do I have a better chance of being consistently above average for a seven week period versus superstar for a one week period? You know, can LaMelo Ball and Tyrese Halliburton and Desmond Bain beat Jokic, Giannis, and whatever scrub-tastic scrub, you know, the champion teams have in there? And right. maybe, like, who knows? Like, you only need it to happen once, but, you know, I'm willing to bet on the long term here with this one. I think it's going to be fun because I've never really gotten into the longer formats, honestly. And really? I, yeah, I just, you know, when it came to the football stuff, like you said, I just threw in my extras. I threw in my randos because I never had right. like super rare goalkeepers aren't just so expensive that yeah, like, I can't imagine. No at, at 0.5, like I don't want to spend 0.5 on a goalkeeper that I don't know that I don't care about, you know? So I just didn't do it. And so I just throw random guys in there. If they play, they play, you know, you throw backup keepers, you know, hoping that, you know, Elbon Lafont gets set because he gave up 22 goals in the last match, right. but he won't because he's the whole point of nonsense team, you know, but this is what happens. And this is why in basketball, I think it gives us the opportunity to play these guys, man. And, you know, when it comes to the MVP, Jorge, I'm really curious what you think about this. There are Uh-oh. specific guys that like are MVP caliber guys. So yes. Luca and Jokic, right? But then you got guys like Dame that's at 53. Guys like Halliburton at 50. Like they don't feel like MVP type cards, which means that you can't use them unless they're an MVP. So do you believe in that kind of tier system, like that T1, like there's only like two or three guys you can really legitimately put in as an MVP and still have a chance to win, to to get a good card? So yes and no, because I, I do agree that there are very, very select MVPs that are really worth it, which would be what Luka Jokic, Giannis, maybe AD with the way that he's been playing in the last like little bit. But again, like he has that ability to fall off, get hurt and stuff like that. And then there is that lower tier that can still smash Donovan Mitchell. Always cheap, always cheap. I don't know why nobody ever like wants to buy Donovan Mitchell, but he can do it on any night. I think like this week, he put up like 60 or something like that or close to that. Yeah, He can do it. He's like, he's like like, that in between though, where he's not like a tier below because he can still do it, but he does it more consistently than others. And like, you know, you have your deer and foxes, your Anthony Edwards, where, yeah, they could smash, but they're also going to have those games where, like, hey, they're still young. They're still developing. They're not always – even SGA. Like, but, but what I is had SGA MVP last year. Jorge, what is the smash for those guys, though? Because the smash for Embiid and Jokic is 100, right? Right. The smash for SGA is and like Dave Lillard is, like, 70. Right. Right? Like, that's a big difference. Like, but that's, that's huge. Massive. And I can tell you, last year – uh, when I was playing, I won one super rare in rare champ. I think it came in like fourth or fifth or something like that. And that week, 
it, we had some low guy that was just on my team. Might have been Cam Thomas because it's always Cam Thomas. <laughs> the you three know, games that he went put up yeah. forty real life points, like yeah, back to back to back. But like my MVPs were like SGA, Dame Lillard, and oh man, I had somebody. It was Donovan Mitchell. So like right. I, I managed to like jam all three of them together. It was like oh, they all went off for eighty. This is fantastic. Like this is what you need to win. Right. And I realized after that, I was like, man, this is tough. <laughs> like this is the so, app makes it much more difficult than any of the other games we've played you know like the nba is truly hard and i brought it up a lot in the first season on the show where it's like i think it can be too much for people to like flip and flip out but it's also that dissolution that oh you need to be in you need to get the injured guy you need to squeeze him in to get the cap because that not nine out of ten times that kills your lineup more than it helps you. And like, yeah, sure, there are those weeks where it does smash and then they go off for 40 and everybody else that you fit in smashes. But like Peyton Pritchard, like you guessing for 13 weeks that he's gonna hit off that one time is 13 weeks where you didn't win a dang thing, especially yep. in these weeks where like the rewards are reduced. And yeah, it is a little tougher to win. Last year, I felt like I was winning every week, like just sneezing and I could win. Now, a mm, little rough. I won 46 rewards last year and I only paid for like a quarter of the season. I haven't won anything yeah. this year. Yeah. Like, and I'm, I love it because on every single pod, I'm like, man, Jonathan Kaminga, low L5, low L10. He's going to be great. He is the play this week. And Jonathan Kaminga goes in there and he Kamingas. He scores like seven points. He barely that, gets in. That's dead. Run. And it's just like, that's a dead team. And you play football. Like, you know that when you buy a guy to fill a roster, it almost never works. And with Lister play, you can't just like buy him and then list him. You right. know, there was a time where I was talking to Gator guy and he's like, Bob, you know, you try to fill a U23 limited team, just buy Donnarumma, play him this week. You know, if you win something, like you make like 0.1 and, yeah. and then you just list him and sell him right away. And so I bought him and this was before listen play, put him in a lineup. That lineup one came in like fifth place or something like nice. that. And I had already sold down a rumor for more than I bought him because he did great. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like <laughs> you get these things on top, but you can't do that anymore. You know, it's, it's not how the game works. In an NBA, there is no downtime. It's not like soccer, football, where a lot of teams don't play midweek, where you have time to figure out and get rid of some of these guys. Like, the NBA game is constant. It's just like baseball. Like there oh, is, it's rolling. There's yeah. no time off, like ever. And man, if you follow like the NBA injury streams on on Twitter, oh yeah, really, I do. I, really, I got I got the underdog. I got the underdog notifications yeah. on. It's just screaming at me constantly. Like it's like, hey Bob, every player you own is hurt. Just FYI. Good luck. <laughs> like, okay, thanks guys. You know, good to know. You know that lineup you felt really good about on Monday? Yep. Yeah, you can go fuck yourself. Oh yeah, I felt great about having Jalen Duran in this week, and nope, 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 nope. And he's one of my favorite players, man. Oh Jorge, this kid is so good. This so, he's explosive. He's nineteen, dude. Second he's year 19, in the league. Nineteen, second year in the league. Right now, he's averaging like six point five offensive rebounds per game, which is utterly insane. He rolls off the pick and roll to the hoop. He tracks back on defense and blocks the ball. He's averaging fifteen rebounds a game. This kid is nuts. And he's actually like when he's being attacked and covered out of the high post, he just passes down to Isaiah Stewart for a, a dunk and an LU. Like it's wild, man. Like this kid, I mean, JJ Reddick was going nuts about him. Like I, I saw that, yeah. YouTube videos about him, just like the kid is really, 
really good. And this is why I like teams like the Pistons. When you come in, they're like, they're not a good basketball team. They're not a great right. basketball team. But they're but fun. They were fun to watch, man. Like they Oh, that was the magic last year. To like watch. watching the magic last year was a ball. Like yeah. it was just a bunch of young, hungry guys. They're just going out and hooping the Pacers, same way. Yep. Like they're stepping it up. And like we won't talk about what the Celtics did to them. But yeah, yeah, you know, like that, yeah, the Pacers. Hell yeah. Man, Celtics. Oh, I know you're an Orlando guy, but like you like the Celtics too, right? Uh, so, not, I don't like like the Celtics, but yeah. like I won three Porzingis cards last year. <laughs> oh, yeah. I won three. No, I won, I bought one. I won two. Yep. So that was great. So I watched a lot of Porzingis. So like I was very hype on Porzingis going to the Celtics this year. And then just watching what they've done, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. That's fun. Like, everyone. And I, I well, love Al Horford. Right everyone freaked out in the NBA about like the trade for Dame Lillard to the Bucks. And I was like, okay, I'm a Bucks fan. I've been a Bucks fan for a long time. That was, was 50-50, like, though. I was just like, but I, I was thinking to myself, like, so we're giving up Drew Holiday. And the reason that the Bucs have been, one of the reasons the Bucs have been really good is that Drew Holiday is not a look-for-my-shot kind of guy. Mm-hmm. He is a defensive stalwart on the perimeter. He shuts guys down. He doesn't allow LaMelo Ball to get into his play systems. He's up and he's in your face and he's causing problems defensively. He stops Cade Cunningham from even being able to roll with Jalen Duran. But now... You have off two offensive-minded guys, and the Bucs, like, what are they, two and two so far this year? Like, like they're that. great, and they'll figure it out because that's what the, the best teams do. But a purely offensive guy that is a shoot-first mentality that always has been a shoot-first mentality, you're trading him out for – you're trading him, bringing him in, and you're replacing a defensive stalwart on your team. You need to stop the ball. And I was really worried about this. And then when he got traded to the Celtics, I like, almost lost my mind. I was like, this is the – worst thing that could have ever happened to the Bucks. Because if right. if he stays elsewhere and he where's the defense going to come from? Yeah, if he doesn't go if he doesn't go to the Celtics, it's not a big deal. But now the Celtics are starting Drew Holiday and Jalen Brown. And no one talks about Jalen Brown. He's still a superstar. Jason Tatum. It's not Porzingis and some other random guy who I don't even know. I think Derek White. Yeah. I think Derek White's got the I like I'm a big Derek White fan. I like Derek White a couple years ago. Like I always had my eye on him and he's starting to round into the kind of player he can be. But again, yeah. he's not going to be a scorer. He's a distributor amongst four all-NBA guys. Like, this is what happens. <laughs> I'm, I'm just mad because I, I, I kind of faded him in the offseason. I thought about buying one. But then I was yeah. like, you know what? He might he might start on the bench, like role player. I was like looking for starters, like fill out like my main team. And then now, yeah, now he's starting and he's like had some good games. I'm like, oh, dang it. Yeah. Oh, missed that one. Oops. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's what it is. Uh, Celtics are fun to watch though, man. Like, I am not a Celtics fan. Never have been, never will be, but like they're fun to watch. And I think I told you before we started this, like I bought guys for my team that I like watching play basketball. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so rich for fun. Yeah, exactly. So to me is for fun. You know, I made some money doing other things when we were in here earlier and so rare, like when we, you and I both got into the game, right. but this is for fun. I've made these purchases knowing that the odds of me winning is very, very low. And every now and then I will hit. And it'll be great. And I'll be super excited and I'll post it and it'll be wonderful. But most of the time I'm not going to win, but it gives me a reason to watch the NBA on TNT and watch Ernie Johnson and Shaq and Charles Barkley be absolute clowns. And it's fantastic. And so I love that stuff. You know, you don't get Charlotte on the TV a lot, but I'll still watch them, you know? I and, and I was thinking about this, like, because I mean, look, you play all sports, and I mean, we can even have rainmakers talk at the end of this if we want to, because this is a, this is an all around show, all right. But the NBA, like, 
I love it because I could throw on a game and do what I got to do. You know, if I'm like cooking dinner, I'm cleaning some stuff I'm doing live, I could throw it on and I can still listen, I can still tune in. But it's like if I'm watching if I'm watching a football match, like I'm I'm in because I look away for a second. I missed the goal, I missed a crazy tackle, I missed something. But it's like the NBA, it's a little bit different. It's every night. Like you just yep. you never oh that's so it, a great point. So like one of the things that I don't like about the NBA is obviously it's it's fast paced, it's up and down. It's hard for me. I have a similar complaint with football to actually track what my score could possibly be because just it moves mm. so fast. Right. And so this is why I loved baseball because baseball is like, keep it simple, stupid. It's like, Oh, <laughs> you guys, your guys up to bat. Did he get a hit? Yes. Was or it a no. home run? You get this many points. Did he strike out? Yes. You lose this many points. Very, very simple. So you can calculate what you need based on the bats in the row, but basketball, it's different. It's just like, Oh man. Jokic is going down and he's running really slow. He just kind of looks like Messi out there, just like slowly moving around everywhere. And, <laughs> and how does he have 85 points? He just does. You know, it's just so like, just doesn't even break a sweat. So effortless. With basketball, I can't keep track of my score, like mentally. And that means like that makes it a little tougher for me. So I don't feel bad about missing stuff because I can hear it, like you said. Right. Because you know intrinsically with football whenever you step up to go get a drink from the kitchen, like a goal will be scored. Oh, every time. Like mm-hmm. Jude Bellingham will score two goals because that happened the other day. And I was like, come on now, seriously. Like in my solar app is like buzzing at me the entire time. Like, come on guys. So funny come you say on. that too. Cause like anytime the lady goes with me to an Orlando city game, like if we're down, we haven't scored to be like, Hey, you want to like go pee or something every time I swear. Like, I'm not even joking you. <laughs> like nine out of ten times that she goes to like get food or like a drink or something in like the middle of a match or like go to the bathroom, instant goal. Yep. Like it's almost like like on cue. As soon as she turns around, boom, we're in there. And that's life, man. I mean, I remember so I'm a I'm Portuguese. I remember back in one of the like European championships, like back in like the early two thousands. I mean it was like two thousand eight or something like that. Nani. And like I walked away and like Portugal was playing like the Netherlands. I, it might have been World Cup. I don't know what it was. But anyway, and I walked away and I went to get a popsicle because like that's what you do when you're drinking a lot of beer. You get popsicles because popsicles <laughs> are, they remind you of being a kid. And oh, as soon as I'm true. in the back, I'm like opening up the popsicle and I just hear everyone scream. I'm like, come on, come on. It was the only goal of the match in Portugal score. I was like, nah, seriously, this is ridiculous. So yeah. And then when you oh. watch the games, and you need something to happen, it never does. Like nope. the Monday games where you have a chance to do really well, you need a guy to do well. Nope. Never happening. Oh, trust me. I watched I watched Donovan Mitchell, what is it, last night or the night before that? Yep. I just needed him to I needed him to hit that 70. I needed him to hit that 70. I just needed like literally 10 more points. Yeah. And they just they just never came. Actually, they yeah. sat him. They they took him out. He didn't play like the last five minutes of the game. I was like, Seriously, so what I needed 10 points and I'm watching this game and I'm like, I'm into it. Right. It was, yeah, it was the Cavs and the Knicks. I'm in this game. And all of a sudden, like the Cavs were down pretty bad and they get just ripped them out. And I was like, okay, seriously. Like, it, and that's the part with the NBA. It's just like, if you're getting blown out, it's like, oh, we're just not going to play you anymore. Like, oh, come on guys. Like I have a whole entire buck stack when the bucks are up by 40. Don't take out Giannis and Middleton <laughs> and Dame and all the guys I have on my team because I want to win, guys. Come on. Like, think about me here. It's not about you. It's not about the team. You've already won. It's not about long-term health of the guys. Bob needs to win in so rare. Like, so think of the money lines, all right? Do Bob a favor. Yeah. No, it's ah, man, it's crazy. But 
Yeah, I mean, that was the difference. Baseball, when your guy's up, your guy's up. I mean, I legitimately had an app for him that would yeah. tell me when my guys are up. I would just turn it on. <laughs> I'd watch them hit. I'd turn it off. That's it. That's all you You know? So, but yeah, just the NBA has been a lot of fun so far this year. Do you? great to be back, honestly. So good. It's it's funny because preseason, I know we were kind of talking about it. You were like, oh, what are you doing about basketball? You were like, no, I'm staying out, staying out. And like, yeah, almost immediately. As soon as like the day the auctions went live, you were like, hey, I picked up my guy. And I was like, oh, no. I was like, oh, you just couldn't do it. What? What? I mean, I know we've kind of like talked about it here and we're like, what is it about the basketball game that like you truly enjoy? Because you play baseball, you play football and NFL. So like basketball, you were out and then you were, you were all of a sudden in. What, what, what was it? It was understanding. So last year I came off of a really successful baseball season. Right. And a really successful football season. So I was hitting podiums. I was getting wins. I kind of spoiled myself into thinking that, I'm so great. It's so rare that I can win all the time. Oh no. No. When it's just like, and then I got to basketball and I thought the cap was going to be super fun. And I knew that there'd be a lot more strategy, but I realized this is exponentially harder to win in here, especially at the rare level where there's so many entrants, especially with a thousand cards for the rares last year, which made it really, really difficult. And I felt that it forced me to buy those players when Giannis was reported as being hurt. Like I had to buy Bobby Portis because Bobby Portis was going to score 65 this week. I almost did that too, to be honest. You know, so that was my thing. And I didn't like that if I wanted to compete and competing to me has always been the most important part. I mean, I talked about this in my first podcast, like two years ago with Nellis, I played to win the game and it was a very difficult way. And I knew I felt it'd be a very big money requirement if I were going to play the game to win. And so I got a little frustrated and I was just like, you know what, this is more time and money than I thought I really wanted to put towards this. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to sell these cards. I've got a pretty big, 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 good gallery. I'm going to sell these cards and I'm going to put that money back into baseball, put it back into football. And so I did that, you know, and that money that I put back in helped me win like eight more times in baseball this year made me money and made me cards that I was able to sell and then buy back into football, you know? And so I tend to rotate a lot of my cards. And so this year I had a change mentality. It's, I don't expect to win in basketball. I recognize (laughs) that. Right. I bought the guys that I like and I know that every now and then they will hit and I'll get something from it, but I don't need to win every single week. And because this game now for me is more about fun because I recognize that when I buy those cards, they are dropping in price. I'm not going to make my money back. We, we don't understand that. What are you talking about? But it's fun. But it's fun. And like that's the most important part to me. And I, obviously very few people think this way. Part of it is I've been playing solar for two and a half, almost three years now. And so my viewpoints have shifted massively over time. And basketball is just one of those games that, you know, I grow up, I live in Syracuse, New York. So college basketball is the biggest thing that we oh, have yeah. here. That is true. And so NBA makes a lot of sense. You know, I mean, the only limited card I have is Buddy Bayheim, and it's his one of limited card. He's not even in the NBA anymore. So like, <laughs> that card will always stay in my gallery. But it's still cool. Yeah, it's mine. I like it. It's Buddy. You know, it's worthless. Like utterly <laughs> worthless. I spent like $150 on it for no apparent reason. <laughs> collections or something yeah. so that's just the way it kind of went you know and i don't expect to win 
I will be pleasantly surprised when I win a card. Like, and that's just kind of what I'm playing for here. And I want to have fun because I want an excuse to watch some of these games too. You know? Yeah. I mean, wondering... that, that's, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. And so it's just, it, there's less stress. Now at some point while I saw them, maybe, you know, it depends on like what happens with collections and like how they will use that, you know, what the club shop looks like, all the other things that will come along with it. You know, like what advantages do I have playing in here? What can I do with the money elsewhere? You know, like, do I need to buy more super rare gold goaltenders? Yeah. Goalkeepers. <laughs> Maybe one day. I don't know. Hockey I mean, I do, but like who wants to spend money on that stuff? Like it's like the worst and most horrible purchase you ever have to make. Buying a goalkeeper is literally the worst thing you have to do in all of so rare. Starting um, pitcher might be like next on there for me, but yeah. oh, starting, pitchers, starting pitchers at least have value. Like you know yeah, when they're going to pitch rotations, and then yeah, you know when they're going to pitch. They though. get bumped like, last minute. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's more like buying like a like a middle reliever that like okay. doesn't even play each week. Like they might play like once every two and a half weeks, and like oh, this right. is a horrible waste of money. But yeah, it's it's the price of entry though. Seriously, ugh, yuck. And like the other week, I made a I made a goalkeeper purchase instead of buying the forward that I wanted, and. The guy got back from injury after like a month long injury. And then in the second half of the game, he just re-injured himself. He's out for like six more weeks. Like, come on, dude. Like, I was like, well, that's so rare. Like, what are you going to do? Is, like, that is literally so rare. And that's, yeah. and that's something that like, I mean, we say it, right? Because we've been in for a little bit. We've been, we've been through it all. You know, we've been dragged down the dirt road, you know, rub salt in the wound, been all that. So like, we're a little bit used to it now. Right. But yep. yeah, I mean. Like even after Leafs Cup, because there was the break and like MLS prices went down, I bought a rare goalkeepers. I'm trying to move up to rare over there too. Yep. He got hurt in training, didn't even come back from Leagues Cup. And I guess I'll see you next year. Like that's there, there goes, you know, I forget it was like point six or something like that. Or like oh. no point oh six or something like that. Like Man, so it was, was it was something, but was it was it Willis who got hurt. No, it was a uh, Yarborough. Oh, of course it's oh man. Hey, I was I was buying low. I was like, yeah, look, no, this is more for know. next year. I was like, hey, you know, I'll buy, buy low and it'll work out. He got hurt. I didn't even get to use him. Like, the only bad part about goalkeepers is when they get hurt because, honestly, they suck. Oh, like, God, you should never spend a lot of money on them. You know, and it, the way I look at this, too, is just, like, you should never spend a lot of money on that, like, low L10 guy for your basketball fill-in guy. You should never be spending no. like one, two ETH on these guys on a rare guy. Like, in my opinion, at least. Obviously, you know, you talk to guys like Spicer and guys like Bellama and YWA that win, they know that these guys are required, but they have the depth of gallery. So we're talking about galleries like yours and mine that are not the deepest, that we don't have all of those options to go through. And so spend the money where you think it's going to have the most use. And it's honestly, for me, it's guys in the basketball system that I like watching play. They are rookies that I enjoy watching. You know, I might end up buying an Asura Thompson. Ooh, that would be fun. But like, you gotta buy them both though. Yeah, but like Ahmed just got hurt. But oh, did he really? Yeah. So I think he's questionable tonight. But Oof. like Asura's like he's got an average of like thirty already, but he's not going to peak beyond thirty for the most part. Like he doesn't right. look like, like he looks like he's a twenty-eight to thirty-two type scorer. And you and I both know. You can't play those guys. You're better off playing a Scotty Barnes that can hit 52. You know, yeah, you really you... have to hit like at least 50s across the board to just like even remotely sniff like top of the reward pools, yep. like minimum. And that's and that's hard to do when you got to squeeze in a, a 11 L10, a 15 L10, 
and yep. picking the right guy that's going to smash that week. Uh... It's tough, man. I mean, and that's why, like, when I came like fifth or something like that in rare champion, I think that I had like 300 plus points scored. And that was because everybody had 80 across my board. Like my, my big three guys had 80 and the other guys like went off for like 40 a piece, you know, like the, and this is what happens. Like it's, you have to like, things really do need to align. You've got to hit the right parts. You know, you got to get lucky in a lot of cases too, because, you know, we had situations last year where like Clint Capella for the Hawks got hurt and a Kongu came in and was a starter and he sucked. Like yeah. They just didn't use him. And then the next week, you're like, well, he was a waste of money. And then, like, the next week, he went off for, like, 70. And you're just like, come on, dude. Like, what is happening? What, what's, like, people, a Bull Bull at the beginning of the year, too, last year? The, all the, the entire Magic roster was hurt. So, Bull Bull came in here acting like Wembenyama before Wembenyama. And then when the Magic got healthy again, he just never even sniffed the court. Oh, so, it was, like, it was a great play in the beginning, but... Jorge, I used to put my headphones in and listen to this podcast in the morning after it came out. And just like, I would close my eyes during my regular meetings, just listen to the podcast. And there were so many times where I just heard bull, 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 bull last year. And I was like, I have to get him. Like, I have to get him at this point. And it just, he was, bull, bull. He was such a good play. It yeah. really, truly was like, rest in peace, bull, bull. Cause there is something there. There really <laughs> is something there. He, he, he is a very special player. He's just, he's not, like bought in i guess because you see him like even when he was playing you'll see him at the end of the bench like yawning in the middle of a game like just lack of days goal like just doesn't really care i even there was an interview once where he said yeah if i don't really start the game i just like i can't really get into it it's like okay well and so like you're literally this is why you're going nowhere the, well this you. is a problem this is a big problem when you draft guys high and young that have the world on their shoulders they are they've been the greatest in the world like in their age groups for a very long time, they think it's easy. I mean, just look at Ben Simmons. Like Ben Simmons is unwilling to work on a jump shot. Ben Simmons has had so many problems throughout his career with attitude issues, Jorge, that when he plays, he's been good, but he plays himself out of the league constantly. He did it last year. I mean, if you remember, he started really well last year. Yeah, he tried. And Ben, Ben Simmons tried, but then like the coach came out and said, like, listen, like, we can't even scheme an offense around Ben. Like, how do you scheme an offense around a guy that can't shoot a jump shot that as a point guard is playing in your four spot. So it, it blocks everything up down low. We can't run pick and rolls with him because he refuses to shoot. Like there are problems. And like, and that is mental stuff. And yeah. I tell you what, man, like sports psychologists, like for all you young people out there listening to this, like go to school to be a sports psychologist. Cause you'll get crazy people like bull bull and Ben Simmons if you get far enough that you can talk to, that you will always be able to talk to and help because it is a massive part of the game now. And we see it a lot. I mean, well, there was a, you saw it in the NFL it? too, Jorge. I mean, you saw it with yeah. like Baker Mayfield. He thought he was God's gift to the earth. And then he realized that he sucked and he's getting a little better now, you know, but like Johnny football, time, hello? it takes time and maturity. And as it turns out, man, I was pretty stupid until I was like 30. Like my brain was just dumb, like just doing dumb things. And as someone who just turned 31, I, yeah. I feel that. <laughs> yeah, dude. And I felt that. Yeah. And like you can't expect a 19, 20 year old to like have his head on straight and know exactly what he needs to do and be responsible. And like it's really, really tough, man. And oh, I, whew, that's why a lot of guys like, lost. Even when I was like 25, 26, like I think at that point, I was already looking back and I was like, you know, I used to think like 
I had it go. I thought I knew what I was doing at like 22, 23. And guess what? No, I did not. And even now at 30, you know what? It's still very questionable sometimes. Oh, man. (laughs) Even at 40, Jorge, I make some of the most questionable decisions. Like, Can you imagine making? 80,000 80 million dollars a year to just play some basketball to do whatever you want like like say what you will and all the things around John Morant like when you break it all down and you look at it like human to human you're like look there's something broken there that like seriously needs to be addressed and it's Russell T- and it's that's another thing that as we were having this conversation I kind of thought about why is it so much in the NBA that it's so focused on the personal lives and like the off the court stuff in the NBA where you don't really see that too much in like soccer, the NFL kind of a little bit and like baseball. Uh, I, feel like, I feel like it's so focused on what are they doing off the court? They did this, they did that. And like all of this like noise affects their game somehow. And like, well, I think part why? of it, a big part of it in basketball is that you see their faces and you can recognize who these people are. So when I see John Morant playing basketball, and I see a random guy in like a Nike commercial, I know it's John Morant because I've seen him. I recognize him. I don't know what Jonathan Taylor of the Indianapolis Colts looks like. I could never tell you if he's in a commercial. Do you know what I mean? Like (laughs) these are big things that happen. And so like we focus on these and unfortunately we in the world today, we don't focus on the good things. We only focus on the bad things because bad press actually gets the most clicks. And we know this to be true. So like, I always use the example of David Robinson, like, like so way, Twitter. Back, way back when, like David Robinson, right? Like he did so much humanitarian things and great things for people in his community of San Antonio and all around the place. But we never talked about the good things that he did. We talked about Gilbert Arenas bringing a gun in right. to the to the court because like people still think of like the culture in the NBA is not great at times. And like, that's disappointing because there are so many great examples of how to do it correctly that we don't focus on. When we focus on the negative, we get the negative. And there are a lot of great people in the NBA. And, you know, I wish John Morant the best, but I mean, John Morant should go talk to Marshawn Lynch. Wow. Marshawn Lynch grew up in a bad part of Oakland. Marshawn Lynch saves all of his money, doesn't get in trouble off the field. I mean, there are stories of Marshawn Lynch going into like convenience stores with his buddies and asking his buddies to buy him a bag of Skittles because he didn't want to spend the money. This is a multimillionaire. Right. But like he didn't give, he made it very clear, like my crew is not going to come with me. Like I have to do this on my own. It's so difficult because a lot of these guys that are part of who you grow up with, it doesn't really matter where you're from. You know, your family is just as much of a crew, right? Product of of your environment. Yeah, but like, like, so these people, they expect and they stick on. And at some point, if you really want to be great, you have to treat yourself as the CEO of your own company. You're making millions of dollars a year. You have to cut people out. And it doesn't have to be like a hard, like, no, we're done. You know, it has to be like, I have to be responsible. I have to be in the practice arena at this time. This is what we're doing. We're not putting our brand in our name, my name at risk here. You have to be responsible. You have to know that all of your actions are so closely monitored, like so closely Especially monitored. Especially now, Everyone's nowadays. Yeah. I mean, you can't go anywhere without a camera in your face anywhere. There, there's exactly. always a camera on you everywhere you go these days. It's exactly. Insane. And it's, and that's the way the world works though. But again, as a young kid, you don't understand these things. Like most care. people, even as adults don't understand these things either. They still do dumb stuff constantly. You know, and it's very hard 
I mean, imagine growing up and like just being like, nope, family, not giving you any money. I'm not doing anything. Like I have to be my own person. Like you have to have a tough conversation and that is not easy. And of course I can say that, you know, just being a guy right. that has a good job doing my own stuff. Cause, but I've never lived that. I can't actually speak for what John Morant has to go through or Marshawn Lynch went through or any of the guys that have failed out of the NBA or the NFL or all these yeah. people have problems. Like Nobody talks about that. Like there are, there's a lot more going on in sports than just playing the game. And it's the people that are successful treat themselves like the CEOs of their own business. They just focus on the game. They get great because they know yep. that if they stay great, they can continually have contracts until they're 35, 40 years old. And then they never have to work again. Yeah. You know? LeBron, LeBron is still doing what he does at this age because he took care of himself. Cristiano well, Ronaldo still is the way he is because he took care of himself. Well, and, and, they, and think about it. And Kobe Bryant did the same thing. Like, so, they're a different breed. They are a little different breed. Kobe Bryant came out and like cheated on his wife and did a whole bunch of really shady things at the start. But he hired the best and smartest PR teams around. And LeBron James did the same things. And they have molded their images to yeah. what they are. And like, and he was a junkyard dog. Kobe so the junkyard dog. Yeah, it, dude, it's so vital. Like you have to, like you have to take care of yourself first. You can't, yeah. you can't be playing pickup games and pulling a gun if that's actually what happened. Like just, yeah, you can't what do, are you doing. Like I mean, it doesn't even matter if you're John Morant. Like you can't do it if you're just any person. Like you, just, <laughs> right? Like nobody should be doing that at all. Right? What are you, right. What are you like, talking about? But again, you know, it's. I mean it's tough. Like, I don't know what these guys have gone through. Like, we don't know, we don't live their lives. We don't know what sure. pressures they have, you know? And so I like to give people the benefit of the doubt until you continually screw up over and over and over again, okay. you know? And my personal feeling is now that I'm older, that like teams really need to be looking out for these guys, like putting people in place to right. help these guys. I mean, I think the Dallas Cowboys did it at one point with some of their players like TO and stuff like that. And, it helps because people at some point do mature and they realize what they actually need to do to keep doing what they're doing and be successful. And unfortunately that happens a little late in life, you know, yeah. it's, what do you everybody's do? in their own lane. Like they're not, they're not, they're too busy trying to fix their own stuff that they don't stop and try to help other people. And it's like, Hey, you know what? That person was mean to me, but they're probably having a bad day. You know, maybe I should be like, Hey, like give them a hug like, or something. It's like road rage. Like people <laughs> you off, you're like, like you're, the, you're the strongest, most dangerous person in the world in your own car until you get out of your car and you're just like, well, la di da di da. I'm gonna go push my car into Aldi's and go shopping on the cheap, you know? Because Listen, you're only yelling because nobody else can hear you. That, that's what, what I mean, really like, is. Like it's you know, I love John Morant, you know, like as as a basketball player, like Zion Williamson. Like they Are were, the dip? they were no, God no, but. They were the kind of players that, like, when I started an NFTs, like NBA Top Shot, like Zion had like the massive block yeah. in his first, like that was like the moment that you wanted. And Ja had this ridiculous dunk, and I, like those are the two moments that you wanted. And I have the Zion still on my NBA Top Shot really? account, which yeah, oh yeah, man, because I you can't sell these things. But like these <laughs> are the things that like get me excited about these guys, and so like I like who they are as basketball players. And I just yeah. want the best for these guys because like. They have an opportunity, man. But yeah, man, you and I both alone, know man. it. In, in your in your line of work, and like in anyone's line of work, there's always dicks. There's always people that go to jail. Like, like no job is yeah. free of assholes. Yeah. That's know? true. No, yeah, no. That's that. That is the harsh reality. Yeah, every it's either your boss. You always have that one coworker. 
Oh, but, you, but you know what it comes down to? And oh, like man, don't get me started on true crime, Jorge. Don't, don't get me started. We can have a whole <laughs> other different story in the States podcast. Look, there, there, there's going to be like six episodes this week, like all recorded right now. I'm just going to let you oh, know. Oh, man, true crime. Here we go. So we're in the States. Like, let's get this oh, done. It's, it all comes down to accountability, right? Right. Like, and our personal yes. accountability, and not just NBA players. I'm talking to you, everybody who has made it this far in this episode. You sell rare players. When you buy a card, <laughs> You liked the value at the time. You thought it was a deal for whatever reason. You decided that you want to buy it. And guess what? If it didn't work, whatever, you made a bad decision, whatever. But hey, you got to look at yourself. Don't blame so rare. Don't blame anybody else. Don't blame the market. Don't blame the supply and demand. Look, you made the decision. You took a conscious effort. You know how this works. All right. And look, it's just, it is what it is. Be accountable. Be like, look, I messed up and try to work your way out of it. But don't try to burn it all down in your process because that's, that's not doing anything. That's the thing. When you see all the negativity on so are people trying to burn it down because like things are crashing. You're like, well, or yeah, they messed up. Crashing. When when you buy a guy at you know five X his regular value because he's on a streak, like this is what happens. His price goes back down to normal because that's how markets work. Markets are the best indicator of what's actually going on in the world and in our small yes. ecosystem. Like yes. that's how the markets work. Like that's the value of these guys today. Yes. Now when you bought, like when I bought. So football again, I bought the number two of 1000 of Kevin De Bruyne's limited. Oh, wow. Wow. This was a Belgium too, wasn't it? Yeah. This was a Belgium part. I paid like 0.2 for it. Jorge. They only minted like 14 of them. So there were only 14 limiteds for like a year and a half. You have one of those. Wow. Before the Premier League came out. So what did I do? I found someone that paid me two ETH for a limited. Oh yeah. Like what? What? Like Kevin De Bruyne's most recent super rare went for two ETH. I sold his limited for two ETH. Like <laughs> this is what happens, but the person that bought it understood the price they were paying for it. They made a conscious decision to make the deal because they felt there are very few of these available and I can use them to win. And that's what a lot of people want to do. And as it turns out, some people will spend money to win. And other people will do the same thing, get frustrated. And it is frustrating, man. Like it's not fun to go on losing streak. You know, and that's why I tell everybody that is starting so rare, like play the caps, play the cap between 40 mode, like win some money back. Like it's, you're getting a little bit of something, you're getting a little ROI. And, you know, you said it earlier, like play street ball in NBA. You know, if you have good guys that aren't fitting into a lineup, play street ball. Cause maybe you win a couple bucks. Yeah. You know, play, better than nothing. Games against games, when you play in competitions against the game, it's usually really good for you because if you hit it, great. If you don't, no big deal. We try again. And that's know? why I love the in-season tournament. It's like, yeah. yeah, it's a competition against other people, but like for seven weeks, I'm playing against myself. That's like, it's more like, it's not like, can I win something big? It's, can I stay consistent for this long? And like at the end, like you have that satisfaction, like, wow, I finished in the top 100 over seven weeks. That's pretty good. That is way, I mean, I don't want to say it's better than like a tier one. Cause come on, let's be real, but it still feels good. Right? Like it's still, that's why we play. We play cause we want to be right. We play cause we want to be win. We want that satisfaction. We want to know that, Hey, I'm better than the rest of y'all. Ah, right. Right. Well, and you know, it's that satisfaction. It's like, it's that endorphin rush that you get from winning, you know, when mm-hmm. Mitchell goes for a 70, when you need him to go for a 70, like it's, it's such a huge kick and it feels great. 
you know, and you want to keep that rolling. And like, that's the problem. Like we get addicted to this stuff. Like that's what gambling is. Like, you know, we don't say that word. No, but like, that's what gambling in the casino is. You know what I mean? Like you sit there and you play craps, you know, and it is a rush. It is nuts. Like what the kind of feeling you get when you're throwing the die. $25 blackjack table all day. I will be on there all night. Well, see, and, and I get stressed when I go to a casino. So like, I don't like doing that. Like I just, I just, this is not my type that I like to do. But right. if you put me in so rare and I put together a team, I know what I'm looking for. And you know, does it get harder the higher you get up emotionally? I would say it does. And I don't think people ever think about this. So think about it, you're spending a hundred dollars on a great team in limited. Mm-hmm. Okay. Love it. You want to move up to super rare. That hundred dollar <laughs> team in super rare is going to cost you about nine grand. So now you've invested nine grand and you're like, oh man, I really need to win to make this worth it. Because nine grand is a lot different than a hundred dollars. That's more than my brand new AC unit. I but do you know what I mean though? But like that is like that is the reality of somewhere. Like it is this is why progression is key. And I know that Laird and Sean were talking about progression a little while back, mm-hmm. but there are certain levels that you have to be comfortable playing and not winning at. Because not so everybody important. can win. Not everybody can win. You know, if you go in and you spend, you know, 10 grand on super rares and you win nothing, that is a horrible feeling. And that becomes stressful. You're like, did I just waste $10,000? Did I just, like, what did I do? Like, what else could I have done? Like, well, it's also what written, no, risk, it's risk tolerance. Like, you need no, to know your own risk tolerance. And like, like I said, just watching YWA spend 110000 on a Wemby yep. card that I knew I was never even remotely in the conversation of everyone yep. made me stick to my stomach <laughs> and that's not even my money that's somebody else's money yeah so, man there's reasons like and even now moving into rare it's i'm still trying to be methodical i'm trying to be slow because like yeah could i go out and fill gaps if i really needed to yeah do i necessarily want to drop all that money all the time no so it's like one of those things where like yeah it's been a slow process would i have loved to have been grinding thresholds for the last year of course but mm-hmm. it's just I'm working my way over there because then it's easier for me. If I do it slowly, I'm not worried about the hundred dollars I spent six months ago. That's now twenty dollars because I'm not even thinking about that anymore. Like I'm I'm moving on to other things. So it's like it's so true. I mean, it's like you said, it's risk tolerance and that's how it works in your own brain. Because I'm like, well, shit. Uh, if I'm gonna get into Cap Two Forty and Super Rare, I don't want to slowly put together a team because my guys are losing value and I'm losing opportunities to win two hundred bucks every single week. So I'm just going to throw up money on stuff. I'm going to sell guys in baseball and just like buy cards and just try to get right in there. And it's always been a thing with me. I tend to do a lot of research before I get into buying who I want. And you can actually see that in my NBA gallery. All right. Like my guys, I have a lot of like mid tier kind of guys, meaning 25 to 30 ish type scorers. So, you know, guys in here that, all of those guys on top row, maybe not Dort or Paul Reed. Well, yeah, Paul Reed can too. Sadiq Bay. Paul no. Reed's rotation, man. That's that's that sneaky and beads out. Paul Reed's going that's, in. So Paul Reed is one of those guys that will just always go into a contender team. And the game that Embiid is out, Paul Reed goes for 70. And I in put contender? him with, I put him with I tend to put him with Devin Vassell and Yusuf Nurkic all the time. And then I dump a Desmond Bain in there. And all of those guys can go for 50. And that actually wins quite a bit you know and if andrew wiggins keeps playing the way he does he'll be able to be playing there pretty soon too 
Ooh. Poor Simon. Oh, I love him, dude. I know. I've been I've been trying to keep an eye on it. I'm I'm, try, I'm trying to time the market here a little bit. Yeah, he's out for like what? Eight, they keep extending it. It was like a few weeks. Now it's like six weeks. It's six weeks now. I think. Yeah. Yep. I'd rather him just come back and be good. Like I don't. I'm not in a rush with this. You know. Yeah. I'm, I'm like I'm like trying to time the market, see if I can catch a good little dip, and like kind of because that's what you got to do. Like obviously yep. he's going to come back in. The Blazers are all young. They're gonna they're trying to figure out their rotation. So yep. he's going to come right back in. He's going to do his thing. He started off the season okay, didn't he? Yep. So I mean, and I think you the can one see, or two games that he played. So and, you, and you can see from my gallery that like I have those guys that are there, and the idea is if they can hit fifty for me, I can be okay. You know, in every single one of those, I mean, Bobby Portis is one of those sneaky guys when Giannis is out and Giannis takes some time. Yeah. Portis goes for 50. Like, I mean, DeMar DeRozan went for 62 the other day. Pat Connaughton. Yeah. No. He's Scotty is looking. Yes. I'm high on. I I was very anti. I faded Scotty at the beginning of the season. So yep. I didn't buy a rare. Uh, I do have his limited from last year, though. But uh, yep. he's been he's been heating up. Well, you know, and Scotty, another great player. Like I love him when it comes to this stuff. Like he just like, look at those scores, dude. Jeez, man. Wow. So like forties, forty doesn't do much, but you get to fifty, you get to forty-seven, forty-eight. Those scores are big because you need at least a plus ten to fifteen on most of your guys to do well. So see, but like this is great, knowing that you're gonna get this more often than not. This yes. right here is stability where like it's not gonna fluctuate that much. Yep. It's gonna be consistent and that's one less player you have to worry about when building lineups. And that is just so like undervalued. And, and look at the peaks that he hit there. He hit 63 for peaks. So those are the scores when you hit them that win you competitions and that's what I'm looking for. And you'll actually see it mm-hmm. throughout my whole gallery that I have guys like that. Like Wiggins looks terrible right now, but Steph and clay don't play most of the games. So Wiggins is just another one of those guys that can just blow up and go huge. And that's really what I'm looking for more so than anything else. The ability to get big. I don't really know why I bought DeJounte Murray. I think that <laughs> I, he just went off last night for like, yeah, you know what? I, someone, I sold something and I sold them for cash and I hate cash. And so rare. Oh, me too. And I found somebody that was selling DeJounte Murray for cash. I was like, yep. Okay. Here, take it. <laughs> Get rid of it. So, but I was looking at him last night, actually. Yeah. So my team, like that's, that's how it's kind of set up. You know, it's not the top end MVPs, which I would really need if I really want to compete, but it's a, bunch of guys that can easily go 15 plus over their actual scores you know and when you do the math you know you have an extra 50 on your mvp you're at 170 on champ you go 15 plus over that you're doing okay i mean 75 more on top of that it's going to hit you at that two that 250 mark right there like that's right where we think we can probably get a couple cards you know yeah no that's no i i love that i love that you're coming on and saying that because i am I'm such a proponent of like the that low L cap gem like cheat code play. It is so it's so much more detrimental than it is like and and like sure it can work, but it's very specific too, right? It's not every guy like your Paul Reed, perfect example, or uh, who else last year? Pritchard was kind of a play, but that one kind yeah. of burned you a little uh, bit. Uh, Sadiq Bay is another one that I have. There Sadiq Bay is another one. You're like, why is Bob buying Sadiq Bay? Bob is buying Sadiq Bay because Sadiq Bay is a three point shooter. Sadiq Bay last year for the Pistons had a couple games where he had ten threes. George Niang. When, when Sadiq Bay hits 10 threes, he's scoring 60 points. Mm. Like This is what happens. It's four points for every three that you're hitting. That's 40 alone. 
just on that. You know, and he's getting some peripheral stats, so 50, 60 on a cap 20 kind of guy. You know, you see what I mean? Like, this is what he has the ability to do. And, like, and these are just, like, the peak games. And this is really what you're looking for, especially when you're running a guy like Sadiq Bey in your contender team. Yeah, no, that like that is literally the perfect. You get those guys that sit between like twenty to thirty, you know, give or take a little bit depending on who it is. Yep. And if you can have that be the core of your gallery with, you know, select MVPs, and then a few like rotation guys that come in and out like situationally, but the right ones. Yep. Not all of them. That is like the perfect. Because I, I and I, I think I said it last week too, and I've told to other people that I talked to about the NBA is that last year what happened is that I went for all the smashers. Yep. So constantly I had a bunch of guys in the high thirties and forties that were just kind of clogging up doing nothing. And yep. then I had nothing to fill out the roster. So I was punting a bunch and then just killing my own lineup. So it yeah. was a, uh, like that nice like, balanced middle is, is where you want to be. That's the equilibrium. What's, right there. what's nice about having a guy like Sadiq Bay or a guy like Paul Reed is they're not going to hit every week. We, we know what their range is and what they need to do well, but those cards are low enough that they allow you to play a guy like Desmond Bain who can go off for 70. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's kind of what I'm looking for. DeMar DeRozan who hit 62 the other night. Like these are the things that I'm looking for in contender. Now we'll see if it like, comes to fruition because you need everybody to hit all at once, but it's kind of how I approached it. And as I'm looking through my team there, like I asked myself, like, do I want to buy more? Of and, course you. I mean, of course I do. Like in Chet Holmgren is the next one because even though you seven and I blocks. both know, you and I both know that he's not going to get seven blocks often. He could. We do know that he's massive and he has the ability to hit sixty points at a thirty-five L ten. And those are the things that win you tournaments. And OKC like, needed a big, so his yeah. job is kind of it's there. OKC is fun, man. Like Shea Gilgis Alexander, and then you have. Obviously, Holmgren, you've got Lou Dort, who no one likes or talks about. I love the fact that I have his jersey mint. Dort. Lou Dort, like Jalen Williams, there's two of them, but J Dub, J Will. Yeah, like I, I like Jalen Williams. Now, Poku is just Poku's Poku, you know, but they have a lot of guys on this team that are fun to watch fun. play basketball. And I'm just. Dude, I'm, I'm a huge Giddy fan. Like I, I am, was, I'm watching yeah. a Giddy too. I am a huge. Let me ask you about Giddy. So I won Giddy last year. I was looking to buy him this year, but Giddy is like a 32 cap or a 38 cap right now. And I just didn't see the upside ability to hit 60 with him because he has Holmgren. He has uh, Shea. He has those guys in there. And obviously it would mean like Shea has to be out to do stuff. And obviously all that stuff comes around, but like, I like him from a basketball perspective. I don't know how much I I like him from a so rare perspective. And that's why I no, I was going to say, that's why I haven't really pulled the trigger yet because I want to wait and see what OKC looks like with Chet. Like, if it was still just SGA and Giddy, I'd be like, yeah, sure. Yep. He's like one of those like fringe kind of like secondary MVPs that you like squeeze in sometimes. Yep. Uh, but at the same time, with that, like everything you're saying is completely valid, right? But that's, that's also what causes his prices to stay low to where I'm like, might he be like a good play right now? Like, no, you might not want to play him. But at this price right now for what he's doing, that's so, almost like you want to pick him up and then hold him until he does come into a good spot. Either someone gets hurt or he pops off and all of a sudden you sell him and then you so, buy back in after. So that's 32, what I 32 with a low season so far. What is, can you load his SO5 scores? Yeah. I want to see where his peaks are 
because you see that like there aren't so 63 like this is what we're looking for but like you see those games just like hovering in the 50s yeah constantly 66 so he clearly has it and then like now like if i was actually doing a lot of research if i was really going to buy giddy i'd look at those two 63 games and like that peak that you have in there around that 63 that was in march towards the end of the season and i asked myself was sga playing like that's what i wanted to look mm. at you know what i mean can Let's he do this with yes he was yep see look at that and 35 so, minutes each yeah i mean look at that look at j will like yeah man. so the, the, there's two j wills but the one that we like yeah uh that's nuts dude so again this shows you that he has the ability to do this stuff so that's a 48 so like we need the 63 you know it's just you have to that, find that the makes somewhere. you feel better about wanting to run him with sga because yeah but you have to find the right times and places and know what you're actually looking for. Yeah. Yep. SGA right there. Yeah. So huh. you and I both know that when guys get hot, you just feed them. Yeah. You just like, especially in the NBA. Yeah. Like Giannis is when Dame is on fire, Giannis is never going to touch the ball ever. And that was one of the fears, right? That was one of the cool things. And we were like, Oh, Giannis just let him, let him cook. Like yeah. we love that. Cause we didn't know how that was going to work. And, yeah. uh, but Giannis, but Giannis creates his own offense in most cases. You know, like Giannis will grab a rebound and just like thunder dunk it in your face. Or Giannis yeah. will get a rebound on the defensive end, take three dribbles and three steps and dunk from the foul line because that's just what Giannis does. Also, Giannis, man, Giannis is one of the most insane players I've ever seen because he looks so utterly out of control all of the time. Like when I watch him run into people, I can feel like my chest compressing in on itself. Oh, bulldozer. Like, Man, he would like, murder me. But I love him. I mean, and I yell Giannis every single time he dunks, which is often. So, you know, it's, yeah, man. Giannis. It's, 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 it's so funny that you say that because I forget what it was. I was watching something or like just the way he just drops his shoulder sometimes and just like straight, just like checks people. I'm like, oh my God. Like you were getting hit with a brick. Whoa, my! I don't even care how built you are. I don't care how athletic you are. That hurts. That hurts you a lot. Ever, you ever watch like the random YouTube videos of guys running into picks, and then it gets progressively worse as you go, and guys are just getting obliterated by big dudes. And I'm just like, oh man, like my body would be in tatters. <laughs> just oh, like, no. like, oh man, my knees don't work very well anyway. It's just like, oh yeah, but no, yeah. I mean, when it comes to like contender and stuff like that, I, I like contender. Like I actually thought about playing super rare contender this year, but one of the things that I realized is that you really need to be wide in basketball, being wide and have a lot of options. If you're going to actually do that, you can't put together like eight cards and just like, Oh, it's going to magically work in contender. Like, no, because when Sadiq Bay has two games of hitting 40, he's no longer playable, you know, like, and this is kind of what happens, you know, when Scotty Barnes's nine falls off of his last 10 and he went from 34 <laughs> to 42, you're like, oh crap, what just happened? Yeah, if you're, if you're watching this, you better, you better watch out for that. Yep. Because that's actually happening right now, guys, like going into next week. Yep. That L10, that nine's coming off. And then these, these four coming yeah. off. If he stays so, in this form, dude, it's. He's going to be, when he stays in that form, like this is like a prime target to sell at this point yep you sell now and then you buy when the new cap hits yep a prime sell right now but i'm too lazy to do that so i'm not going to and i spent way too much money on him anyway so because i like the card i've never understood why 
Like it, it, it almost, it, it, I don't understand why the market doesn't react more to like the flipping of like L10s because right now there's that perfect opportunity. Like right now you should be selling Scotty because his L10 is about to skyrocket, but people don't look at it. And then once it skyrockets and everyone sells because he's no longer like usable, you pick him up and then you just wait for it to come back down. Right. Unless he, unless it stays that way. But in that, in that case, cool. he's still almost a second MVP. So it's like, Ugh. the best players do this though. This is what the best players do. They move in and out of these guys because if I'm smart, I sell Scotty for more than what I bought him. I have more money in the pot and maybe that extra money that I just sold Scotty for allows me to get Scotty back cheaper in like three weeks when his L10 drops again. But maybe it allows me to get a Wemby or a Chet Holmgren. You know what I mean? And you build up because one of the things that we run into and it's really hard in basketball is you always want to improve. But how do you improve in basketball with a cap? That's hard. I don't know how to answer that question. It's like improving for me would be Bob. Consistency. Sell, sell Halliburton, sell LaMelo Ball, take that money, sell Scotty Barnes, take the money you just made from those sales and buy Jokic. Like that's what moving up is for me. But mm-hmm. Jokic, I understand, is the MVP and one of the best players in basketball. I can't stand to watch him play basketball. <laughs> you I know. Just, I just can't. It's just, it's beautiful. Like, and it's, I felt that way thing. last year. Yeah. I've watched a few of his games this year and I'm like, yeah, it's almost like incredible. Like but before it's like, okay, cool. Like you just no sweat, dominate everybody like boring basketball. Now I'm like in awe where I'm just like, he's well, yeah. still doing it. Like it's. Yes. Well, and, and I feel that way too, but I would much rather watch Russell Westbrook hit a half court shot and go dribble through five guys and thunder dunk one and be on sports center. Like it was good last night. Call me just a stupid American, but yeah, that's what I am. Just a stupid American that likes a lot of activity. So we're it's just, in the States. Let's go. Yeah. But like, you know what I mean though? Like, so like these guys, I want to be entertained when I watch these guys. I like how these guys play. I like how LaMelo throws no look passes. I like how Tyrese Halliburton makes passes happen that shouldn't be able to happen. Yeah. And so my focus is assists and it's like what? 1.2 per assist, 1.5 per assist, something like that. Like those things, when they build up, they matter. That's why guys like Luca get triple doubles with assists. Yeah, I think rebounds are one point two and assists like one point five or something like that. Maybe. maybe. So Both. that's why those guys are so great, you know. And <laughs> it's where I'm trying to focus, and I'm trying to focus on contender, focus on champion. But if I'm going to improve my team, I have to sell a lot of the guys that I like to get those better players. And the question and okay. to me is, is it worth it to me? That's yes. what the main question is. And you say yes. yes. Because so, think about it, if you're getting, if you're taking three guys that are worth 0.8 and you're yep. moving that into a Jokic, which is 0.8, like, yep. are you really losing anything? Like, yeah, you're losing players and like options, I guess, but you just swapped value for value. See, and but I'm, I'm losing the adding, ability, Jorge, Jorge, I'm losing the ability to buy the baseball super rare or unique that I want or to buy Brian and Buema from Brentford's forward super rare card. So this that's is the thing. unique to you. <laughs> Yeah, no, but this is this is a real silverware thing. I mean, no, guys like no, no, I, do this too. So no, like, I totally agree. But like, I do the Jokic, same thing with basketball and MLS. Yeah. Jokic, I love him. He's great. I would much rather have Giannis because I'm a Bucks fan. Okay. Is that is That's that the fair. smart play? No, 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 no. Giannis can't make a free throw. But Jokic but and Doncic, cool. like, ah, it, it's awesome. But Jokic and Doncic, like, at some point. I am going to have, because you already had Connaughton. I already have Portis. I'll probably end up selling those guys, get a Giannis, get a Dame Lillard, and get like a Malik Beasley and just put five bucks out there. 
every single week and not win a single thing. And it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Okay. Were well, you still going to sell them with a uh, collections coming, coming, coming? So Cause now we got to start and, thinking about that. Cause we don't know what that is, but coming. Well, and I, I would buy the new, I would buy the new ones. So I have a new Portis. I have a new Connaughton. I would buy a new Giannis. I would buy a new Dame. I would buy a new Malik Beasley. Like that's, those are the guys I'm looking for. Malik Beasley, not a good buy, but he's at a low L15. You know, I mean, went off this week, didn't he? I uh, like, like about twenty. Like that's a lot. But but Middleton, but like Middleton is another guy in there, and like I worry about buying Middleton because Dame is going to take up most of his shots. Like and Middleton, Middleton, Middleton after he came back from injury game. last year, just yeah. Like, like he's going to give me twenty, but like I'm not going to pay that for Middleton. You know, so perfect world for me. I want two stacks: Buck stack and a Thunder stack. Mm, so I want SGA, fun. Giddy, Holmgren. I've got Lou Dort already. And then I want Jalen Williams, J. Will. Like, that would be two fun, fun teams. And when those teams blow somebody out, which they inevitably they do in time, like, that's when you have a chance to podium. You know, and does stacking work? No, it doesn't. Not really. But well, I don't know. Maybe. There, yeah, might, there I, might be. It's, I don't it's think we have enough data for that. Yeah, and that is true. I mean, the question comes down to, like, when you see a team win by 50, you know, who is scoring? Is it all focused on a couple of guys or is it spread out? Like are the scores even good when the team wins by 50? Because we know all the starters are coming out in the fourth quarter. Right. You know, and that's, that's another thing. And yeah, there's so much, especially now with the, uh, the new player participation policy. Oh man. Player participation. So I don't think that works. Why? Let me know. Because they are requiring a doctor, an independent doctor to review the findings from team medical staffs and say whether or not this player could still play. And I don't know how much experience you have in the medical industry, but that's where I work. I don't. <laughs> and doctors don't do that. As it turns out, when you do an MRI or a, a you do a, a scan of Devin Booker's foot, and they're like, Book has problems with his foot right now. He needs to sit. There is enough damage already there just from years of activity that there is no doctor in the world that can say, He's perfectly oh, that's good. Fine. Yeah, exactly. So there's always going to be stuff from wear and tear that is just there that could be causing soreness. And yeah. so I don't think any doctor will actually say, no, this is garbage. But I think what you will see, instead of the Lakers being like, hey, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are sitting because of rest today. They'll say LeBron is sitting because of a, a sore back and Anthony Davis is sitting because of a sore calf. Like that's what you'll actually say. Something that your current CTs and scans and all that stuff support because they already have damage there i think that's how messy messy had scar his scar was hurting or something like that his scar tissue messy couldn't play because the scar was flaring ah. yeah i mean but like do you know what i mean like so i don't like this doesn't change anything i think it just changes what the injury designation is i don't think any true doctor professional will question another medical team in their ability to actually do their jobs yeah because they're just gonna piss people off at that point and like who's gonna tell me that my back doesn't hurt like who are you to tell me? Well, that I mean, my back doesn't hurt. But I mean, medically, like you, like you have the stuff. You need stuff to support it. And like, and so as a doctor, you're going and you're looking at the patient's chart. You're just like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. Like there is so much damage on Devin Booker's foot because he's broken it 14 times or whatever. Right. Like, but there's no Liz Frank. Like, there's no serious injury. But I can see why it would be sore because his bones are all, you know. Oh, way too man. big for a regular human being and they've been crushed in on each other because that's what we do. Like just, there's always going to be something 
And I don't think a truly respectable doctor will ever be able to say, no, hey, other doctor, you're wrong. So I just think the the only thing that changes is the injury designation. And I say that just look at the Spurs, Spurs, Suns. Look at the Phoenix Suns. Like Book Book and Beal haven't even played. It's just KD, you know? And so who is going to say no? Uh, they're actually healthy enough to play. Nobody. I mean, I think even like Adam Silver, like I think opening day or something like that, like he was on TNT with everybody and Shaq was like, yeah, but like, what if I'm hurt? Like, who are they going to talk? He's like, oh, we'll get, we'll get doctors. and It's like, that doesn't, I I really don't know. Like I get wanting your superstars to play and it's a bad look when, you know, you're playing at home and Giannis is sitting because he's sitting like, I get it. But like, it's just, it's such a muddy, you're just asking to get in trouble, right? Like, you're just mm-hmm. asking for reasons to, like, put yourself in a situation you don't want to be in. And I said it about So Rare, too, when they did the whole, like, Halloween special. And they did, like, the miss. It's like, okay, what constitutes a misprint? They're like, ah, we'll decide on the day. It's like, you're just asking for someone to be really, really mad at you and a lot more negativity to come. It's like, why are you letting, why are you giving them the opportunity? I, I agree. It is flawed. I see it. I see what the idea was. But there's just there's just no I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to be honest. And, and also, like think about it. It's like window dressing. It's kind of like Sower telling us that they're going to fix rewards and they just never do anything with it. It's just like keep the mob down, don't piss off the mob, and just tell us that you actually have a bad back and you're okay and you don't have to play. Yeah, but yeah. don't tell me as the paying fan that flew out to Los Angeles to watch LeBron James play against Giannis that LeBron is resting and Giannis is resting. Don't tell me that. Like, you have to show me that they're actually hurt, you know? And so I I understand it. It's a product. Like, they're a business and you have to support these things. But there are good ideas and there are bad ideas. (laughs) This is a really weird idea that I just don't think it has any merit when it comes down. But now we know science has spoken (laughs) that load management is a scam. (sighs) You think NFTs are a scam? Load management's a scam. That's the real scam. Listen, man. Listen, man. There is so much crap <laughs> that it comes down to it. It's just like, I just want my guys to play. Like you said, the underdog injury stream just drives me nuts. I'm just like, are you actually hurt? Because now I question like how much they actually hurt. I've played yeah. year-long fantasy basketball for years, Jorge. And I've never seen such injuries and guys just like not randomly play. I never paid close enough attention to it until I played so rare. I was like, holy crap. Guys yeah. never play. Guys I never like, play. I don't really know like how much of a problem or how like progressively worse it's getting because it was just this last year where I really honed in and I was like, wow, I bought these guys to play them and now they sit every two games. So it's like, yeah. uh, but yep. listen, I mean, I understand. I mean, load management, like it is a thing, you know, as Maybe it turns out, when you are like over. a 55 year old LeBron James, like you can't play 40 minutes every single game. You need to it. rest. Your body legitimately falls apart. You know, a seven foot tall Anthony Davis is a freak of nature because no one is really seven feet tall in the real world and their bones don't work that way. That's like, a lot of weight on the knees. Okay. Dude, like yeah. that is a whole lot of just friction I mean, and pressure and gravity. Yeah. It's a the lot. stuff we talked about with Wemby. You know, it's the thing that like you were concerned about all year with Wemby. Like, can he hold up? And I mean, and we see already, like Wemby has an amazing skill set. Wemby is still getting pushed all around, all over the place. And like Wemby does not post up. Like he's just like, nope, staying out of the lane. I am too smart to get in the lane. You know, 
which is good. And I mean, I've seen him, like, he made some crazy shot in like the second or third game of the season, like just because his arm was 12 feet long. He just like threw it up. I was like, how did that even, like, what? Like, it just, what? It, it like freaks me out. Spot up threes. Like, how? This is insane. It freaks me out when he like Euro steps or tries to do some stuff when like a little toothpick lays go like all over the place. I'm like, someone's going to step on your knee and like, it, I'm going to see I mean, something I never wanted to see. Like he, it is rotated, just... he rotated down in the first game of the season, and I don't know who they were playing against, but he double teamed somebody in the corner, and his arms were just like, like this, just all it looked like a windmill. Like, and I swear to God, he produced enough energy for San Antonio just by waving his arms to run the entire arena that night. Like, there was so much natural force in those things. I was just like, this is insane, dude. Look, it's so, not yeah. Wembenyama; it's wacky, wavy, inflatable tube man. Okay, just it's yeah, like. literally. It's, Seriously, what he looks like at times. But, no, he's been fun to watch, man. I mean, been watching Spurs games, been watching OKC games. Just, these guys are cool, man. You just, you hope they hold up. You hope they do stuff. Yeah. You know, every game, Wemby's getting better. And that's all you can ask for. That's, that's what I like too. one of those mature kids. Like, you've listened to him talk. He seems like a more mature kid than we've seen in other guys coming out. You know? Because I mean, he grew up in a I, different country. Listen, I wouldn't be able to handle Britney Spears coming up from behind me in, in Vegas and jumping on me. I'd be like the happiest person in the world. But when you're saying, well, you're just not you. a phase in the world either. Okay. Either like we're really old or he's just that young. It was like, I don't even know who the heck this is. He's like, who is this? Who is this woman that's twice my age? <laughs> She's like, oh man. They, they, show, they show him like the video for like hit me baby one more time. He's like, oh, right. okay. Gotcha. So probably 30 ne- years probably ago, never right? even, Probably never even heard it. Probably <laughs> never listened to one. Well, now he probably has, but. Oh, man. Before no, that, I'm... guaranteed you didn't know. Yeah, I, man. He had no idea who she was. Brittany's, Brittany's awesome. Been to one of her concerts. Very proud of that. Yeah, that's, oh. yeah. Good times, Brittany. Yeah, this, this, is what, this is what I listen to. For that's pretty cool. I'm not Bob listens to Britney Spears and country music, so go figure. Hell yeah, dude. Luke Combs, <laughs> all day. Luke Combs? All day. But yeah, man, it's Wemby's been fun to watch. I uh, I love Devin Vassell on the Spurs, man. I I was thinking, so I was in between Vassell and Zach Collins. Yep, I didn't buy either. Vassell's kind of had a slow start, and Zach Collins has looked great. Yep, and I still don't have either, so that's where I'm at. The question with Vassell is, how involved is he going to get on the boards, defensively, and then assist wise? Because he can score thirty points. But that's not winning us so rare. Like his L10 is 30. How does Vassell go 15 over yeah. his average? Like that is the main question. And, and I don't know the answer to that. And that's my problem too, is that I just didn't know what the rotation would be like, who would end up fitting, what it would end up looking like. So I was just like, eh, that's fine. I'll skip out. I'll miss it. And then if I can find a way to buy in at some point again, I will. Yep. But uh, yep. Bob, we are an hour and a half, my guy. Yeah, my man, I am this being is... summoned for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was looking at it, I was like, oh man, we could probably go for like another two hours, but we should probably yep. cut it off. Uh, if anybody's still listening, thank you so much for being here. This is, <laughs> dude, like, dude, we can do this. We can do this all day. There's a lot more episodes coming. Bob, thank you so much for coming, being a guest on the show. Basketball is back. Is there anything you would like to promote? Anything you would like to share? Anything you want to let the people know before we get out of here? Nah, you know, I'm just a dude. If you need a co-host at any point, Jorge, just give me a DM. I'm happy to talk to people as long as the wife allows me to. So there you go. Yeah. Twitter X, whatever you want to call it. I'm at Bob Flynn 20. So we'll put it somewhere, but yeah, football, basketball, baseball, love them all. Baseball is a simple sport. Basketball is a lot of fun. 
football can make you some money. I think that's yeah. something that we're thinking of for so. And well. Rainmakers is cool. Oh man, Rainmakers! 